1: Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line Radio Show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, AskDefensive.com, and by Philip Neyman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. bad i'm the guy with the gun and now your host philip naiman
0: well folks welcome to another edition of firing line radio shows it's philip naiman hope you're having a great day wherever you are and avoiding as much heat as possible i guess the uh the climate nazis are right it actually we do have global warming uh, every july and every august it's funny how it's kind of cyclical that way it doesn't seem to be the same problem in January and February, but boy, it does. Uh, they're right. It does get hot in the summertime. Um, uh, and mostly during the daytime, too. I don't know if they figured that out, but, uh, it gets warm in the daytime and in the summertime. So, hey, the global uh, warming alarmists, uh, Greta Thunberg, she's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot today. Oof, who knew? Hey, joining me back on the show here is a long time host, somebody I've met as we were just doing the math and the pregame show. Um, how many years ago? He was one of my first uh, guests with his partner at the time, Charles, uh, training partner Charles. We're airing from California. I think I have to be clear about the kind of partner you had at, at that point in time. Well, uh, oh,
2: it, it was it was a hundred percent platonic,
0: <laughs> and that's the story. That there, like was the no, there was in no there
2: was no domestic partnership. There was none <laughs> of that. It was just a pure photonic business
0: <laughs> business relationship, relationship. business just business anyway uh, your partner charles uh you guys are running falcon ops falconops.net uh, i think which website you guys yeah. do high end trading so uh anson beck is the gentleman i'm speaking with anson tell us a little bit about how you got into that
2: oh went to the the training aspect yep well um i wanted to get into doing like uh Executive protection, high threat contracting work, um, overseas while the war was still on in in Iraq. So I started without having a military background. I was trying to figure out how I could, um, I could get one of those jobs. So I started taking courses from all sorts of different firearms instructors and to try and kind of get a, you know, a little bit of a, of a network built so that maybe I could get a, a job without having like the actual resume required to, do that type of work um and over the course of taking a bunch of those different classes um you know I I was like a competition shooter from a very young age I guess I started doing my first like USPSA competitions at like 15 years old um and I remember like the first couple like tactical training courses I wanted to take you know I was really nervous I'm like oh there's these SWAT guys that are signed up for here there's a you know, a bunch of former tier one guys and stuff. I was really nervous about my shooting ability and started taking the classes and realized I was like, geez, these guys aren't as good as I thought that they were supposed to be. And I kind of, um, you know, got the attention of some of the instructors and they were like, hey, you're pretty good at this. So anyways, long story short, I met um, I met uh, Charles at one of the courses before he went and got a job working for Blackwater um, and then we just started when he was home from different rotations. Um, we started, uh, spent, spun up a training company.
0: Yeah. What was the specialty that you had
2: at Falcon? I mean, what what separated? Oh, you from? I think. We're, I just think it was, um, that we were just down, like down to earth guys. It wasn't about, you know, um, Oh, look at, you know, my resume of what I've done in the military or what you know look at you know cool guy stuff it was really just we were kind of two normal guys specifically me um that really enjoyed <laughs> that really enjoyed shooting um and were I uh, you know just being good at explaining and disseminating information in a fun manner that was safe um you know what we weren't doing you know all sorts of outside the spectrum of of like realistic training things. There's so many of these companies that are doing all these scenario-based things. It was really just about like the shooting fundamentals and, and becoming a better, more, more efficient um shooter. And yeah, it was just our, the way that we, the way that we talked, you know, in courses and joked around and it was jovial. It was fun. Um And I think we were just good at teaching and getting people to, to have that like light bulb moment go off so that they could understand their shooting process um better and become better shooters.
0: So, you know, like you said, you were a lifelong competitor yeah. shooting with pistol. Um, I, my background, as people know, came from hunting, you know, and mm-hmm. it was basically a, a long gun and try and make well, one Well, I mean,
2: mine too, before I started competing, we were, I mean, you know, you've been hunting since you were a little kid. I started hunting with my dad when I could barely, you know, shoulder a pellet gun.
0: Yeah, I actually, uh, my, my background, my family, uh, my mom... <laughs> totally anti-gun. So, uh, my teenage rebellion, I got a job at a gun store, uh, instead of smoking pot, like everybody else. Um, and, and then on my 18th, that
2: was the sixties.
0: Well, that's pretty close. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. At least I have gray hair. I'm just saying,
2: um, I mean, you need hair to have gray hair, right?
0: (laughs) Not that I brought that up, but Hey, you hit first. So, um, you know, my teenage rebellion. I got a job at a gun store that opened up a half mile from my house. Still, still friends with the uh, the owner of that store at the time. And um, you know, on my 18th birthday, the first day I could buy a firearm, I bought my own hunting rifle, my 270. Um, yeah, well, it's the first day I could own one. I did it, and that's how I rebelled against the uh, tyranny of a leftist uh, upbringing. But um, so I didn't really start till I was 18. But getting back to that my my theory of course which was just we didn't even have the internet back then was you know hey if you just take your one shot pick your shot and that's it and then i i took my first combative uh, pistol course with you folks you entered that was the first time first time i'd ever taken a oh, pistol wow. course and you know so so the difference between my hunting background, and a combative shooting thing, number one, I thought everybody's shooting was appalling because they weren't shooting a nice little hole like I
2: was. Yeah, Uh, like your 100-yard zero group or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and so it was just different. It was a different mentality. Maybe you could speak to that about you know, um, inside the lines and fast is better than one shot on the button two seconds later. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. How, wait, before, before we talk about that, how many pistols did you have to like, we'll, to,
0: we'll get into that, that
2: no, The class. I think it was like a 500 round count course. Yeah. But how many guns did you go through before we'll, you hit the we'll, 500 mark?
0: We'll talk about that after you finish this question.
2: Um, so it's it's kind of the the whole speed and accuracy thing, right? So accuracy is no good without speed. Speed's no good without accuracy. Um, some firearms instructor that I took from years ago had a had a saying of you know how long do you have to take a first to make a first round hit in a gunfight? You know the rest of your life. You know, so you got to do stuff fast, but you also got to be accurate. Misses don't count. That kind of thing. So um that whole mentality of not shooting you know four shots touching five shots touching like you are when you're trying to sight in your your hunting rifle i mean that's a that's an important skill set to have we you know everybody shoots groups you want to get um you know better at shooting you got to shoot groups so i mean the idea is trying to get all your shots touching whether it's at you know 15 yards or seven yards but when they talk about, you know, combat shooting or even competition shooting, um, when you're trying to go for an A-zone, you're trying to get two shots in that A-zone as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter if they're on the complete opposite spectrums of the A-zone or, you know, in IDPA, you have the, the is it the six-inch circle Um you know, you want to try and do that as fast as possible for points. So when you're talking about like combat shooting or or defensive shooting, same thing. You got to get hit someplace good, and you got to get them as quickly as humanly possible. Um, so the whole take your time and and you know and and put you know four shots touching. That's not going to be as effective as four shots in a four inch circle in one second versus four shots in a one inch circle in twenty five seconds. So. Yeah, it's just I mean, bal- balance of speed and accuracy for competition shooting and for you know just being a good proficient shooter.
0: And just for those people listening, it did not take me 25 seconds to make four shots. Just saying.
2: No, no, no. Just, I think it was saying. 15. 15.
0: <laughs> uh, so that was that was a very interesting thing for me that you know drawing. Well, it was also the first time I did any holster work. So here was my experience. Oh, wow. This is my experience at uh, the first class I showed up to. I contacted you guys, said I wanted to come out and do a yeah. do a uh, uh, class, and then we talked about it on the radio and yeah. the whole review. So yeah, um, I showed up. I, I I knew that I had uh, one gun I really wanted to run was a Sig GSR, um, beautiful nineteen eleven. Yeah, we, we've got 30 seconds left here for this segment. We'll pick it up on the other end. But as much as I love the 1911, which at my time, my mindset was, hey, the best combat weapon to have is 19 – Magnum P.I. carried Wars, in 1911. Two World Wars. Ma- Magnum P.I. carried a 1911. I like Ferraris. I should have a 1911, right? Hey, Two folks, World we'll be right Wars. back with Anson Beck as we come back after this. Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Get the podcast at FiringLineRadio.com, and we'll continue the story after this. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon, it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors with the things you love in the field, or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971. And it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's, savings you deserve on the gear you need. It's definitely expensive to advertise for your business, but not advertising is more costly to your bottom line, especially in this current economic climate. While we all know that sending Christmas cards to family and friends is an American tradition, we forget to extend that tradition to our customers and business associates. So show your appreciation for customer loyalty and remind clients that you and your company are still ready for their business. But don't just send any card to take advantage of the marketing opportunity that you're looking for. Your cards need to stand out. IndustryGreetings.com specializes in industry-specific Christmas cards. Whether you're an accountant, contractor, realtor, welder, or anything in between, our creative and exclusive card designs are the perfect fit. So head over to IndustryGreetings.com and search by your industry. Or check out our patriotic or religious Christmas cards and order today. That's industrygreetings.com or call them at 800-431-9161. Industrygreetings.com, 800-431-9161.
1: I use them, so should you. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up.
0: See this? This is my Boomstick! Hey folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio. Philip Naiman here with Anson Beck, the infamous Anson Beck, a.k.a. Hollywood.
2: Um, Haven't heard that in a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, Coming to you from Texas right now, even though he is a uh, political refugee of California, um, he is actually at his parents' place out there in Texas calling in. We're just recounting our first training session together where I contacted uh, his group, Falcon Ops, and uh, went out there, and they just, you know, tore me apart, basically. So this is the very humbling part of my show where I actually tell what happened um, without... You know, if Anson wasn't here, I would tell a much better story in my behalf, but he's, he's kind of here as a fact checker. So I showed up at at the place. Um, I was carrying a SIG GSR, which I shot the gun very, very well. Beautiful gun, super tight tolerances, just a, a beautiful 1911, um, stainless, rose-colored grips. I mean, just everything you'd want in 1911, right? A little forward, a Picatinny rail. Anyway, so I get there. And we're not just like shooting at the range. We're in the dirt. There's positions that we're shooting urban prone, right? What's urban prone?
2: Uh, Like rollover prone. It's, you know, it was a position made pretty famous during the North Hollywood, um, bank robbery shootout. One of the, uh, LAPD SWAT D platoon guys, um, the guy was trying to steal a truck and he'd crashed his first getaway vehicle. So there was like, and then the SWAT cops like rolled up on it and pinned it. So they basically wound up shooting a guy underneath three, I think it was three or four vehicles. So it's just a way that you roll over on your side. So you just have a little bit of, of elevation off the ground with your mm-hmm. muzzle, but you can shoot under, you know, really like a, a bunch of low platforms like cars and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah
0: yeah so so we're doing that laying down there with this beautiful highly polished sig gsr every time the gun went off just oof, slide oof. Opens up oof. just takes a giant gulp oof. of dirt in the air dirt. And shoves it right back into the action and you know so the course was 500 rounds and i think i got about 100 120 out of that sig and then at that point in time i'm closing the action with the back of my left hand after every shot and yeah hammering it home to keep it in battery and i'm like okay this this is no good so i I excuse myself walk out to the vehicle changed out and at that point i went to a sig 220
2: yeah also it was up 45
0: sig 220 sport yeah and um Seven round magazine, same thing. It's a, it's a high end competition gun. Great balance, beautiful trigger sucked in the dirt. That thing got dirty and, and jammed up just a hundred rounds later. And, and I'm, I'm actually grateful. I grabbed a whole bunch of guns to show up with this thing. I had no idea. I'd actually, you know, I wanted to kind of shoot whatever I had. Yeah. Then I brought a, I brought a Taurus, my, uh, my concealed weapon gun. It was a Taurus. Oh, that's right. It
2: would like the Taurus that looks like a Beretta 92F or something. No, nope, no, nope.
0: that was that was the last one. But oh, this is was- <laughs> another 45. So I brought it out because you know you need a 45. Um, I brought it out. It's a little three-inch barrel uh, subcompact, and that ran okay. And then it died on me. So I had three guns die in the course of one day. Finished yeah. it out with the uh, the Taurus 99, which is a Beretta clone. Yeah. And and that that was able to handle the uh, itinerary out there because, you know, it's got looser tolerances. The barrels are free floating kind of that thing. You don't have as much area to jam up with the gunk. And we're shooting out a yeah. Prado, which is a Dust Bowl. So I, I went through four. But but in this iteration, as I'm there on the line, number one, I showed up with a uh, um, Uncle Mike's holster. I did little, that because
2: a little, little thumb breaky thing. I think we probably snipped that off with trauma shears or something.
0: Yeah. you used your knife. I think you put your foot on my hip and
2: your knife and you went, um,
0: if I remember correctly, not that I'm still traumatized by that, but yeah, um,
2: be, I remember having to do like a lot of holster modifications because people would, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You show up. Okay. This is a holster. You bought it at uh, you know, big five or turners or whatever. And it's on the rack. And, yeah, it's good to stick in your safe and Oh, look. It, I can
0: use this for five different guns. I'll just buy one holster. Oh, yeah, exactly of five. right,
2: right? Yes, yeah. so it's like, oh, it fits the, any any large frame pistol. This is perfect. Um but then you realize like if I'm trying to reholster it and it's got this little, you don't want to have those little things hanging around so you have an accident when you're when you're reholstering. re-holstering stuff, yeah.
0: So these are all yeah. ma- major takeaways I had. And what I'm saying is while I'm on the line, okay, there was a couple other guys with 1911s. We all had problems all day yeah. long. One guy's hand was bleeding because he only had one gun. He wanted to finish the course. He just kept hammering that thing home. His hand, anyway, Yeah, um, good for him. But anyway, so I'm watching all this and everybody else on the line, because it was like 30 guys out there. A lot of Glock 19s, 17s, some Smith Wesson MMPs. Yeah. Nobody else had these issues. And so this was the not again, this is 10, 11 years ago, it's an aha moment for me. It's like, wait a minute, if I'm gonna have a system I think is ready for combat, although I have very nice firearms that shoot extremely well while kept clean and are beautiful. Yes. Um maybe this ugly Tupperware crud works better in this environment more consistently than what I like to shoot. So that was an aha moment to me. I'd never owned a Glock, never liked them. Um, yeah. But until that time, I think your pistol you brought out there had 40,000 rounds through it or something like that.
2: I, I have one that, yeah, l- shot the, the factory Glock barrel out of it where it doesn't hold a group anymore. So yeah, that's somewhere around, I think they say about, you know, 25 to 30,000 rounds. So
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and um, anyway, so at that point in time, it's like okay, better. I made my change, and I didn't like the way they pointed. I didn't like the way they felt, but you know. Well, I mean, on on that
2: thing, on on that note about like like, so you had an aha moment as far as switching to a Glock me or just striker
0: striker fired polymer mm -hmm. frame just quality
2: i was like 17 years old or maybe 16 at the time when the glock started coming out onto the competition circuit because pretty much the only name in the game um in uspsa was you know open guns there wasn't very many categories back then or or um not categories but um anyways uh so there was open guns limited guns and then i think they had like limited 10 but now they have you know, production and production, carry optics, all these other uh, categories. But back then it was pretty much, you know, a limited 1911 or an open 1911. So that's what I kind of came up uh, shooting handgun wise was 1911s. And I remember when the Glock started coming out, I was like, oh, I should probably go to a range and shoot one of these just to see what it's about. And I remember, um, you know, trying to print a group, whatever, at 15 yards at an indoor range going like, oh, I mean, it's it's hilarious to me to say it because I've heard students say it a thousand times. And I'm like, hey, man, it's the it it's the it's not the arrows, bro. You know, and I would say, oh, man, these guns are so inaccurate. I remember saying that like, oh, this thing's not accurate. And it was just the lack of knowledge of my ability to be able to, you know, deal with a striker fired trigger when I've only been shooting, a, you know, a, a single action. 11 trigger yeah, so, yeah pound pound
0: and a half to seven and a half pound trigger pull yeah you know a three
2: and a half pound limited or open gun trigger versus you know a, a seven pound you know striker fire oh it's not man the sights are off it's shooting down into the left you know like oh man if i would have been able to fast forward to myself you know 20 years later and and, and talk to that 16 year old kid it would be a funny conversation
0: Actually, I would like to see that. I'd like to see you currently versus who you were six to that six just just on any topic. just pick a topic I think that'd be fun to watch so man
2: is it honestly, interesting... I think the sixty I think the sixteen or seventeen year old me could have beat up the twenty nine year old me
0: <laughs> well, isn't it funny at this point in time that uh um you know when you when you need to do a site correction, you always need to bring it up and to the right. Right. Anytime someone needs their pistol sights change, it's like, oh, it's shooting low left. It yeah. always has to come up and to the right. Yeah. Right. Any reason for that? Right.
2: Well, that I mean, that's kind of like a story. Um, I was with my family, my dad and his really close friend has a place in Montana and we go there on summers. I haven't had a chance to lately, but so I'm driving a dirt bike and they have a dump over there where people go and plink. And uh, our, our our good friend, Steve, he had just also fled california he was living in colorado and he got his first uh, ccw so he was shooting his glock seven uh glock 19 and i hear the you know shots going off and i drive my my little my little dirt bike over there to see what they're doing at the dump and <laughs> and we'll
0: pick that up after this we're going to commercial right there that yeah, was a good throw hey uh philip name firing for the podcast we'll be right back after this
2: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do. And that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own. Or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about. And whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California... I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855 855- 2020 640 one
0: last time, dear night. Toll-free area code eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 2020 Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
1: Ed Hoffman and MLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation and MLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: Hi folks, Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. You defend your life, CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM
1: 590, the answer. This portion of The Firing Line is brought to you by CCW Safe, by Philip Neyman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management.
2: Spartans, lay down your weapons! Hey folks,
0: welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Philip Neyman. FiringLineRadio.com is where you get the podcast. Next week, we will announce the winner of the Mosin-Nagant Timney trigger. That's right. I've got it right here in my hot little hands. Uh, Mosin-Nagant 307 trigger, probably worth more than you paid for your Mosin-Nagant period. So the best way to upgrade that one is to actually get, get yourself that trigger. We will announce the winner for that next week. And, um, that's gonna be a great thing for their improvement. Joining me back, I have Hansen back. say, say what? what? What
2: what does the accuracy guarantee? Does it go from five MOA to two and a half MOA after you throw that trigger in? Or what's
0: the the well the Timney trigger, the accuracy guarantee on that is it will consistently go back. Yeah. Well, you know, and th- that's the beauty of the most in the gun. I I really I've said this several times but i really enjoy the french ones i find them far better shape you know they've never been fired in combat and only dropped once so <laughs> but i'm bumped.
2: but i'm bumped.
0: yeah exactly no, I've, i have got, got a million we of
2: them got some with that little three power fix three power scope and i mean they, they actually shoot pretty good if you got the right ammo and and uh and the, a rifle that hasn't been you know completely shot out but i've i've uh I've fired a couple that, you know, I would bet would, would do about an inch at a hundred yards, two inches at 200. So they're, they're out there.
0: Yeah, they are. So definitely a, a, a huge upgrade just to have a nice, amazing trigger. You know, we we're talking about the Glocks earlier in those seven and a half pound Glocks. I put a Timney in my Glock 21. Again, I, I do like 45, yeah. uh, it's like two and a half pounds. Unbelievable. Made it to, What yeah. man, what a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huge, huge fan of Timmy triggers and your pistols and your rifles everywhere, man. These they're should... good.
2: Yeah. I, I have them. I have cool them
0: one in your wife's bolt. kitchen aid, right? I mean, I have
2: two of them in my bolt guns. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. They're, they but, are So, so block
2: trigger. So I'm driving this, I'm driving this dirt bike. I hear some of the guys from the, from the cabin, they're shooting in the dump. So oh let me go see what's going on over there. I see my dad and his buddy. And they got like uh like the bottom of a cardboard box with, you know, a couple little sharpie sharpie circles over there, and they're you know they're 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 shooting with this new carry gun that Steve just got his his carry license in Colorado, and uh, I'm like oh what are you guys doing oh man Ansi, did you bring uh you know one of your Glock sight tool adjusters or whatever oh really what you know what's what's going on guys oh well it's uh, shooting down into the left so Steve says you know I I thought at first it was me but then your dad was shooting it down into the left too. So it's it's got to be the sights, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm going like, you know, and at this point I've probably seen, I don't know how many, maybe not tens of close to 5,000 five, 5, to 10,000 stock bone Glocks being fired in in my time so far at this point. And quite honestly, like those plastic sights, nobody really seems to like them. But usually when they come out of the box, at least they're 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 pretty zeroed, right? I've never seen one that has a huge issue. So of course, I'm like, "Oh wow, what kind of sights do you have?" "Oh, stock sights." All right. And then I wound up doing um you remember the uh, the ball and dummy drill, right? Where or I used to we used to call it hot or not. So you pass the your your shooting partner a uh, pistol whether it was loaded or not. They didn't know fire a shot whether it's going to be a click or a bang and you you can be a you can visually see the fact that you're pulling the gun down into the left. If if
0: you're um, if the front of your gun looks like a fishing rod when a big yeah. bass hits it, yeah, you yeah. might be the problem.
2: Yeah, so anyway, so I was able to do that and they were like, "Oh man, I had no idea." Yeah, so once you once you become aware of the fact that you're flinching, then, you know, you're you're able to kind of be smarter than your own brain and you know, and
0: Sometimes, like if you're a decent pistol shooter and you have a new gun, like say it's a Glock, whatever, like maybe your first couple of shots, you're right on. And then it's like, geez, these sights are drifting. Like the more you shoot, the worse it's getting. Yeah. Be getting better because now you're getting fatigued. Now you're anticipating the recoil. You're pushing forward. All the bad habits come. The first couple of shots might be right spot on. Like, oh yeah, my my sights must be drifting. It's got to be the sights.
2: I mean, that, that's a hundred percent true. You take a shooter who's never fired a gun before, and their first shot will generally be right where they're aiming at a bullseye at fifteen or whatever. But then, as they start becoming afraid of the recoil and the explosion that's happening out the end of their hands, then it's like, oh, now you're anticipating that, and that's exactly usually what happens. First couple shots, even with a twenty-two, you take a new shooter out with a twenty-two. Um, and you'll start seeing it start drifting, um, low, low because of the flinch and then left generally his wife. Do you remember?
0: Yeah. You're jerking the trigger
2: because of the jerk, the trigger jerk. So if it's just like completely, it always, it always, you know, now with the social media, um, you know, the Instaface or whatever, they're always posting these pictures where it's like an old 1970s, like this is why you're missing target. I'm sure you've yeah, seen yeah. it. Everybody's seen charts. it, you know, a hundred times. Where it's like, oh, too much, too much gripping or too much that, and it like has all these things. And I just always remember looking at that, going like, yeah, that's not really the reason for why people are missing in a certain area. But it's all this area. It's yeah, they're not missing yeah. high to the right. Nobody's yeah. missing oh, high no, to you're, the you're right. You're gripping it too much with your left hand. That's why it's going high. Like, yeah. It yeah. Don't, Never really saw that in my time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nobody's missing high right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all low left. Anyway, that's kind of well unless
2: unless you're a lefty. Right? Maybe
0: low right. Then it's low right. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't talk about lefties on this show. This is for Americans. So. I had some good friends who were lefties. We like to bust them all the time. Anyway, they deserve <laughs> it. So um, we did the training course. It was awesome. Did a couple of them with you guys and then moved on to the carbines, which I hadn't done before. Uh, but it was nice. uh, what I liked about your classes was it was high speed. I mean, we shot a lot. Um, one of the main complaints I've had about other courses I've taken is the reloading brakes. It's like, mm-hmm. man... I, i'm paying these aren't cheap courses i'm paying to shoot and to learn not to stand around and watch somebody jack their mags They're like look yeah you know do it on the line put, yeah. put 50 in your pocket and reload your mags as, as the guy's talking whatever you need to do let's keep shooting and i think that you manage that well manage that expectation well where other courses i've taken i'm like geez you know i don't want to i don't be that guy but somebody better hurry up and tell this guy to load his Mags, bring more well, than one, mean, there, and we're not stopping you. The there's
2: the long breaks that you know happen a lot in some courses that you're like, okay, it doesn't take 20 minutes to reload four mags, especially if you, you know, I I think I remember in the course description I would mark like, hey, if you have stripper clips, it'd be pretty advantageous to bring those out there, so it helps facilitate in faster mags. But um a lot of the companies that I started taking courses from they were very, um, close vested with the information that they were disseminating. So instead of having like a module of like three courses where you're like the fundamentals and then building upon that to like something that you might call intermediate and then, you know, whatever, what's advanced, is it shooting or is it just different positions and stuff like that? A more, uh, a more advanced class, if you will. Um, you know three modules is all we kind of did because we disseminated a lot of information versus there's some courses where they're teaching the same thing over a span of like seven different classes you're like wait oh so the first class you're only teaching about trigger control okay the second class now you're teaching about grip oh the the third class now you're teaching stance and sight alignment you know you're like wait a second why can't why can't I people
0: yeah. I took a, a course, Tim Kennedy's course in January this year, the sheep okay. dog deal. And you know, the jujitsu was great. I mean, I got to roll with him. He killed me about 600 times in five minutes. It's a whole other story. Yeah, but, but it was amazing to see somebody at that level. But um, we got out on the range and it was like, oh man, you know, you have people who are there because they want to learn high-end shooting. And yeah. you have other guys who are like rented a gun. Oh. And it's like, okay, you you need to you need to screen the class better. Or, well, we're at the range. You know, you do your first couple of targets. Okay, these guys know how to shoot. Put them in this group, uh, and yeah. newbies in this group. But, but to sit there, you know, you pay a lot of money, you go to this course, and it's like, okay.
2: I mean it. It, it becomes their belly aching. I can't help. You- it. It becomes difficult if you have, you know, m- multiple. Yeah, separate the groups, separate levels. them out.
0: Hey, these guys, th- these guys at least think they can shoot, so put them over here. And these guys know they can't, put them over there. You know, um, run, yeah, run. It, you was, got- it
2: was. It was cool when we used to run to range because we always had enough extra extra eyes and, and hands out there that if there was some people that you know came out to a course maybe they had the prerequisite and and maybe you know you were like oh wow i thought that was a good enough prerequisite but whatever they haven't practiced in a while or for whatever reason they forgot um It'd
0: be taken off down to the right hand side
2: we would we would be able to split out that kind of whatever we joke around the isolate group, the them out bus, of the herd the
0: they're they're infected get the infected animals out of the herd you're gonna <laughs> Yeah. You're going to have an everybody NG on somebody else.
2: Would, everybody would be able to learn at their own their own individual pace, which is pretty important. Very
0: good. Hey, let's talk about some of the uh, the fun events we got to do when we come back from this. Folks, Philip Neyman Firing Line Radio Show with Anson Beck. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Neyman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW safe on your side. Springtime is just around the corner. Soon, it'll be time to get back outdoors and soak up a little sun. And we need it. So why not enjoy the outdoors with the things you love in the field or the range, in the lake, or even in the stream? It's a great time now to get stocked up with the gear you need. Turner's Outdoorsman is California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971. And it even has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit Turner's.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free, and get our weekly ads and member specials sent directly to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman's, savings you deserve on the gear you need.
1: AM 590, the answer. This portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. By AskDefensive.com.
0: Yes! Great hunter. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Fine figure of a man. Yes. 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 That is all you need to know for now. Hey, folks. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. Philip Neyman, where we live by the old Apache proverb... Less thunder in the mouth, more lightning in the hand. Um, joining me back here, I have Anson Beck. Anson and I have, uh, well, we met many, many years ago. That was, we Jer-
2: three- that was Jeremiah Johnson. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's an incredible movie. I, I started watching it again recently with my kids. I was like, oh, what's a good movie for them? They love it. They love it. Great movie.
0: Liver eating Johnson. Pretty good yeah. guy. Um, Anyway, it's a great movie. Um, Robert Redford's kooky, but he did a great job in that movie, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Before he went crazy. Anyway, um, Anson and I have been doing a bunch of different adventures. A few years, well, many years ago now, um, Vortex came out with something called their Extreme Challenge. And so the second one was happening. It was up in Vernal, Utah, or... Someplace lo- north of Logan, Utah, out in the middle very, of
2: very, very north. It was cl- it was like very close to the Wyoming border, like ten minutes. Yes.
0: We're in nowhere, Utah, right? Uh, drove out there and did this uh, long range running course, and uh, it was one of the most fun events I'd ever done. Why don't you tell them a little bit about that?
2: Oh, it was a good one. Um, so, what was the course? It was about a seven mile run. Yeah, eight miles. Six honey. and a half to seven miles was was. Was the course, um, and then about every mile or mile and a half, they'd have a um, a long range shooting stage. That uh, both the participants it was it was a team event, so me and, me and Phil teammates. Um, both the teammates, if there was enough time allowed, would fire. I think it was five shots at five targets. Some of them were separate targets, some of them were the same target, and then there was like a bonus one if you had enough time that one of the shooters would be able to make some extra points um but basically it was a shooting competition where it was it was part of your time that it took you to complete the course so how fast you could run the 7 miles and how well you shot so um yeah we went ahead and 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 did that i remember the first the first one that we did our first sprint to the first shooting stage we were kind of like all right let's not go all out so that we're not super winded when it comes time to get behind your rifle Um, and so we were kind of moderating how fast we were running. I remember we also had waters in our backpack so that we could hydrate through this seven mile course. And then when we showed up to the first stage, um, we basically were waiting. I think we had to wait five or 10 minutes for other shooters to finish. They had a cooler full of Gatorades. And then we were like, oh man, perfect. We did as fast as we could. To um to get to the next stage and pulls right away it kind of bit us in the butt. But oh,
0: well, so we had um so the the way this particular event worked. Um, what were you shooting at that time? Were you shooting your rum still?
2: We were shooting. I think you were too. We had the same rifle. I was shooting no, three shooting a three hundred
0: rum. I had the two forty three Ackley.
2: Oh, was it okay?
0: That's why you went and got one of those before the six Creedmore came out. We were already shooting that yeah. cartridge. Um. Yeah. So we shot, we shot that up. Um, it was really pretty cool. The next year, next year, or the year after we came back out and... It was two in a row. Two in a row. Okay. So the yeah. next year we came back out at that point in time, they'd had a fire. There was still a fire burning on the course when we were trying to shoot. Yeah. That they weren't
2: going to run it, I remember.
0: Yeah. That one was, was not as much fun for me. It just the the way the smoke was running you couldn't see the targets they had an entire blackened hillside with black targets on it i'm like
2: okay yeah. that's you know this size well you you also you also hurt your knee that time
0: i heard it the, yeah the, that was actually the last time i ran And that was yeah. uh, august of 16 and then i had to have that, the two knee replacements after that you All hurt
2: that, your knee yeah. jumping out of the truck and then ran the whole course, man. Not, it looked like it looked like a basketball was in your leg by the time yeah. you were done.
0: It, it wasn't so much the coming out of the truck, it just it was time for that knee to go. There was on the MRI, there was no cartilage left. It was bone on bone. And remember it swelled up. We went we went to Fish Lake after, we that. after that. We slaughtered Fish Lake. We yeah. taught those guys how to catch trout. And my knee swelled up. How many up
2: people so were that. coming up? Hey, what are you guys using for bait? What are you guys using for bait? Oh man
0: and, and uh, oh oh so so this is trout fishing now anson is a saltwater fisherman right this yeah. is trout fishing so i hooked a really nice 2 3 pound trout and i'm right alongside the board or, or alongside the boat and he he grabs the line he reaches down he doesn't use the the net we have and tries to hoist it up like a tuna with the line just like a big jerk like quack and of course the 2 pound leader snaps <laughs> that fish goes thank you so it's like what are you doing what are yeah. you tuna boy this is trout we, fish.
2: we didn't have a net we went and bought a net that night because i think i lost like two or three of your fish i don't know <laughs> two pound test it's like this is this is the size of a bait the line should be fine it's hooked good no i didn't really i don't know what four four pounds that was, that was pretty funny training.
0: so that was that was our learning experience at fish yeah. lake but uh, hey we that's a great place for fishing there's no doubt about that
2: I was like, where, where's the gap?
0: Right. And then, um, then we ended up doing a couple of pig hunts. Like your dad, you and your dad came out on a couple of those up in Northern California. Yeah. How many, how many of those did you go on?
2: I think we've done three.
0: Did three.
2: Yeah, At well, least three.
0: We used to do an yeah, annual.
2: I mean, me and dad, we've been, we've been doing the pig hunting from like since the 1990s. We've been going up there, um, a couple of different ranches, you know, we'll try, try this ranch and then, you know, after a while, put it down for a little bit, but, um, yeah, love it, man. The pigs taste great. Love the pork chops, love the sausages that you have made out of it. And yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun style of hunting.
0: You know, we did, I think I did 11 hunts up there, um, yeah. at the one range and then, uh, the owner of the place just got crazy. So we,
2: <laughs> oh, you, we don't, you right. don't, you don't, you don't, we'll, he will remain unnamed I guess but you don't use him anymore.
0: Oh no, not having for years. He uh oh. yeah, he liked vodka more than uh, hunting. So Yeah. Yeah, he just he just ruined it for us. But hey, it was oh. his place to ruin so um they had they had well, great hog hunting but it got I got crazy. another
2: I got another guy if you want to start putting together the firing line trips. I remember there would be like maybe sometimes seven or eight of us out there.
0: Yeah, we, we had a good time. It was a good time.
2: I got a good. I got a good outfitter that I've used a bunch of times. That uh, that that if you want to get those going again, we can do. A, we we can. I can put you in contact with them.
0: We'll definitely think about that. So, what did you think about hunting um, those kind of trips?
2: Oh man, that's a good. It's a fun style of hunting. Um, you know, you can do the spot and stock. You can hunt them with dogs. You know, you're hunting them. You're you're. You know, you can. You can do a lot of exercise-style hunting if you tell the guides like, "Hey, I'm really good at walking." Okay, hey man, I'll drop you off at this peak. Why don't you go and walk down by yourself and do a circle? I'll pick you up. So it's kind of like the world is your oyster. You want to just road hunt out of the back of a pickup truck? Uh, you can do that. You know, if the pigs aren't, you know, I guess in the summertime when they're kind of um, not moving around very much in the in in the middle of the day, they'll 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 have dogs to be able to hunt them off of, off of dogs and you know, the good old spotting and stocking. So it's just a variety of different methods of take that, you know, any anybody can find the one that they are able to do or the one they enjoy the most. So that's why I enjoyed it. You know,
0: I, I like uh, the country. I mean, we're up yeah. in, around oh, the Paso Monterey area. Yeah. It's it's gorgeous. A gorgeous country. You can see tule elk running around, deer, yeah. tons of ground squirrels. But um, if you like to shoot ground squirrels, it's that's yeah. okay with me. I don't, I won't mind that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I like the group. I liked having, you know, everybody, they break off with different guides, come back into the, the night, have a big dinner. I, I thought Talk that story. was...
2: Sorry? I mean, talking story with a bunch of different cool guys. It's always like, oh, how'd you get yours? Or how'd you get that? Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it's all about.
0: And then, of course, you have to have the bragging rights for who got the biggest, you know, yeah. with 20 bucks in for the top top shot. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that was those are some good trips that we got to go out and do. What are you doing in Texas right now? Hunting wise, didn't you just uh, take your wife out for the first time?
2: Yeah, we went um, we were running out of we were running out of last fall's elk and, and deer. So our freezer was getting a little bit bingo. And, um, my, my two little kids on their spring break, um, had, had a week off and my dad decided, he goes, Hey, why don't you guys come out here? Um, in, in spring, Texas this little town North of Houston. And, uh, he went ahead and booked, um, a ranch, I don't know, an hour or so to the, to the West. And we shot a whole bunch of hogs and some follow deer. And, um, my two little boys got to get their first kind of hanging out in the, in a hunting blind with their grandpa experience. My wife harvested her first pig and, and and followed deer and have a freezer full of meat again. And it was it was a really awesome trip.
0: Sounds fantastic. Folks, I want to thank my special guest, Anson Beck. Anson, aka Hollywood. He doesn't go by that anymore because there's still some warrants out. But um oh. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The father's name was Hollywood, but we won't bring that up either. So, folks, Philip and Firing Line Radio Show. Get our podcasts at firinglangradio.com. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for Good our adventure. Good to adventures. see you, Phil. Good to see you, too. Take care, man. Be safe. Come home soon. God bless. Right, shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk.
1: The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, IndustryGreetings.com, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by Philip Neyman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management.
0: I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show. Sean Gibbs of ASK Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo, but the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. ASK, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, ASK stands for Attitude skills, and knowledge, and that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations bring your mag light so folks check them out at askdefensive.com a-s-k defensive.com for a schedule of classes he's got a great store in there too so buy what you want train what you want askdefensive.com inflation 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 Hi there, Philip Naiman from Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management, professional investment advice with a Christian Worldview. You've all heard it, it's all over the news. The Fed has raised interest rates and may continue to raise them in the future. When the Federal Reserve said inflation was transitory, we now know it's a stiff reality. So how does that affect you? Well, financing anything will be more expensive, but if you're able to invest with these higher interest rates, things may finally be in your favor. Financial institutions have been slow to pass on higher interest rates to investors. We don't have that problem. If you're looking to take advantage of today's higher yields or even an improvement on your money market yields, please give me a call 909 406 1144. 909 406 1144 or schedule an appointment at cornerstonecwm.com. Cornerstonecwm.com. Securities offered through LPL financial member FINRA,
1: SIPC. AM 590, the answer.